The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, where driven women in business learn how to become more bold, brave, and unwaveringly confident. Feel empowered and challenged through inspiring stories and tell it like it is advice for business, life, and leadership. All right. Well, welcome to the Bombshell Business Podcast, Allie. Thank you so much for being with us. It's great to be here, Amber. I love your accent. That's Nashville, right? <laughs> it is Nashville. Yes. You have the same accent as my friend, uh, Christy Wright. She works with Dave Ramsey. Yeah, They're I know Christy. Too. Yeah. So it's it's that that sweet Nashville. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's sweet, but also like, oh, you don't mess with a Nashville woman. No, no. We're all denim and diamonds, but um, we're... We're very loving. We're very kind. We're very supportive. And if you don't fall into that <laughs> that space, then we'll let you know about it real we'll quick. Take you down. <laughs> we will take you down. Then we will take you down. We don't take yeah. we don't take kindly to unkind people. So, mm-hmm. speaking of kind people, you have just taken your entire career and dedicated it to the. Uh, success of others. So first, thank you so much for what you do for women and beyond. And I'd like to really just dive in there. I know I know a little bit about your story and where you started back in the beginnings of internet marketing. Um, but can you take the nineties, right? (laughs) (laughs) When we got so excited when you heard you've got mail, now we're like, oh my gosh, I have so much mail. So can you take us back there and just just walk us through your entrepreneurial moment with the interwebs. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, when you, when you say the, and, and thank you, you know, when with the gratitude you just expressed for kind of me doing what I do, I'd like to say it came, it came from this big mission or vision <laughs> I had, but it was really kind of stepping into who I realized I was. And in my twenties, I hopped around, I got out of college and was very just blindsided by realizing how crappy it was to have a job, how I had all these skills. And I know I was pretty talented at a few things. And you know, there was just no way I was going to fit in anywhere. And my last job was at this little ad agency in New York. And I loved it because it was like 10 people. The bosses were always gone. I kind of just started taking over and running the place because I cared. So I'd be doing everything from, you know, working on a client project to saying, you know, the clients are coming Monday, we have to clean this place up. And I just liked that mentality. I always had kind of that ownership. My awareness changed though when I was getting to know some of the freelancer guys there. They'd come in and out in their own schedule. They're tan from the Hamptons, you know, <laughs> they do little work. And I saw one of their invoices and I'm like, Eric, you know, how do you do this freelancing thing? And he said, Well, you probably can too. You know, a lot of small agencies hire freelancers because they don't have full time copywriters or project managers. He said, You know, you're in the city of advertising. You could probably get some gigs. And I literally quit within four weeks. I don't recommend this to anybody. I'm not saying this is how you should do it, but I was so excited. I don't know if you felt that way, you know, if you're listening right now, like you were just so excited about that new idea that you just knew, you knew somehow it was going to be okay. And you couldn't tolerate any alternative other than that path. Like it was going in and there was one bathroom. It was like eight men. Yeah, I don't need to say anymore. It was just like... (laughs) 
It was just like a shit show. So I got out of there. And I didn't know how to get clients though. So, you know, I went to the networking meetings. I got a few referrals, but the turning point for me was, you were laughing about it earlier, but when someone handed me that AOL CD, man, like <laughs> game changer. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was, it was just a whole different world. And I remember then thinking, ah, this is going to change how people spread the word about their services. And I started a little email newsletter honestly, with 10 people that included my parents and my cat. And from there, I grew it in my AOL address book. This is how I just did it. I didn't know it was, you know, going to be a, a, a train wreck. Camp after scan. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, you get, you get to, you know, the first, later I had to get a real, you know, listserv, we called it and all that. But, but the point was like getting out the message and I started to get clients from this newsletter and, you know, I'm going to fast forward a bit because the, the, the story takes some detours, but really what I started to do was just listen for questions people were asking me. They're saying, how do you do this email newsletter? I'm like thinking, gosh, I don't even know, you know, everything about this, but I can show you what I'm doing to get clients, what I've figured out. And I started teaching what I knew. I put up an e I literally found and and bought an ebook on how to sell ebooks online. I learned HTML code. I put up a page with the help of a web designer to fix my mistakes and started selling an ebook. It was called Boost Business with Your Own E-Zine or email newsletter. Then people ask, you know, can you coach on this? Can you come show us how to do this? So I started doing teleseminars and coaching. This is when teleseminar bridge lines had no mute function. So you would be teaching and begging people to go somewhere quiet. And occasionally you would hear dinner being made or a flush or like, it was just, like it was just a, a totally different time. But I remember just, oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. And I built and built that company, gosh, I think to about, I took that by myself with a very, very lean team to seven figures, which I hit in like 2006. And it continued to grow from there. I grew a team and we were up in the multiple, multiple millions toward like, you know, 2010, 2011. I'm going to tell you though, Something major happened during that time that started to change the whole landscape. And you all may be able to guess it was about 2007, 2008, when everyone started getting on market crash and even more social media. Oh, yeah, sure. Social media is actually, which, you know, if, if you were marketing heavily before that and then started to see what happened a few years after social media came out, it suddenly leveled the playing field where Anyone could come in, start copying your website, put something up, sell it. You know, I'm preaching the choir. The shysters have all emerged. Yeah, they didn't have to sit there and build the page and figure out what they were doing and, (laughs) and teach good stuff. And I'll tell you, I didn't see it for as soon as I should have. And I remember there was a day that my team came to me and said, we're having a problem. And I said, what? And this was probably... 2011. And I'm running these huge programs. We have thousands of people. I mean, I have a team of 20 people. It was awesome. Don't get me wrong. But this was the wake up call. They said, we're getting questions what the difference is with your trainings versus that girl with the really cool videos that she dances in. Mm. And I said, something is wrong. I said two things. Number one is okay, we're not going to go. And believe me, actually, then I tried to do cool videos and it's just not my thing. It's not, yeah, um, so it's awkward <laughs> for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do cool videos. And then I, I realized two things. Number one is I'd waited too long to reposition myself. I, I forgot how to lead. 
I was following the market so much that I got blended in with everyone else. And number two, I realized that for me, my creative cycle was kind of coming to an end. And I was really feeling like I should create something new. And that leads to a whole other chapter, finally meeting the right guy in 2012, having these beautiful twins, wanting to change my company and and get back to really what I wanted in the first place, which was a lot of freedom and a lot of impact and a high net business. So a lot of topics I loaded in there, but it's been a, a you know, what a long, strange trip it's been. And I have to tell you that I'm just in a great place now. Um, I work with seven and eight figure clients. I run workshops. I do, you know, just it's it's a very simple model, but it's bringing me so much joy right now as I'm building an, a new business on the back end behind the curtain, which I'm probably ready to reveal next year. All right. That's all exciting. I, I, there's a couple of things that I, there's so many good things that I want to dive into. I know but, it's a lot, yeah. <laughs> but is but I think where you landed is where a lot of bombshells exist, myself included. And of course, I redefine the term for any new listeners. The bombshell is is it is a bold, brave woman in business, and mm-hmm. and it's you catch attention walking into the room because you believe in yourself and you know your worth and your value. It has nothing to do with ex- external, you know, your what your hair looks like or your makeup or your, you know, figure or anything. It's all about that confidence. That's a true bombshell to me, and that's what this is all about. But I think that bombshells, no matter how confident we are, we are juggling a lot in life. And I do love the story of your twins. And I've I've somewhat followed it on Twitter or social media and the move to Arizona and really just taking a more simple approach to life. And I think that that's, we are so driven as bombshells because we know our gifts and we know what we're capable of, but we also know that we're working to live, not, not living to work. And we want to have abundant personal lives too. So how do you leverage like all of that awesome that you have while not sacrificing the relationship and and just the downtime and enjoy like I say it all the time like I live in a beautiful home I have wonderful friends I'm very close to my family I have five siblings my children are awesome I mean like I don't want to walk away from any of this and yet I have this higher calling to continue to serve and continue to help and balancing that day by day is it, it could be a challenge so can you tap into that a little bit more Gosh, and you know what? And I, I always apologize to all the moms when, because before I had kids, I was like, <laughs> "Just get a sitter, work harder." What's your problem? <laughs> and I had and no God idea. Said, and you shall have twins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm going to cry thinking about this, holding these gorgeous babies. And amen, totally healthy, big fat twins. They were both over seven pounds each. Whoa. I mean, like I, I don't know. I, it was just this amazing journey. And then, and something shifted as, as it does for a lot of moms. And it, it I just started questioning everything. You know, it, it was, it was, it was a dark period because I also didn't know who to really talk to about it because, you know, when, once we've reached all our goals and we're happy, we're not supposed to then say, I, I may want something different. Yeah. And especially if that affects your team, your clients, everything that you had on your vision board, everything starts to change. And don't you dare be vulnerable when everybody's looking to you to be strong. Oh, because then they're like, well, you know, what are you complaining about? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's not a complaint. And here's the thing we need to realize. We are the first generation of women to have these choices. 
So when these feelings come up, you're surrounded by guilt. Your, your body goes back into survival mode. Like how dare you want to make a change? You know, and personally though, we're in this amazing time where we can keep changing and shifting and adapting. And it's what we're good at. But the business world and these models we've built ourselves into we don't give ourselves permission to change them. So this took about three years for me to accept, for me to have hard conversations with my team, with my clients saying, you know what? I want something different now. And I'm going to get back to working only in my genius zone. My genius zone has always been with the leaders, the real leaders. Mm-hmm. And, and now I work with the seven and eight figure women. It's a place that I'm positioned in a lane, you know, a category of one. It's where my gifts are. Like I am in the zone with that. And it totally simplified my business model because I'm narrowing myself down to like the 0.001% of, of all women business owners, period, right? Like when you look at the percentage that, that I'm actually working with in the, in the industries. And it's just um, going back to the family thing. I think there's no one right way to do this. And we have to remember that. Yeah, it, It's going to be messy, it's going to be a new adventure for everyone. And, and I know for me, we've even vacillated. I just want to talk about, you know, getting support too. We vacillated between having, when I brought those babies home, I'm like, uh, we don't know what we're doing. Let's get all the help we can afford. We had amazing women showing me what to do, helping me learn how to get them to sleep and all this stuff. And then there was a moment I woke up and I said, I want everyone out of my freaking house. <laughs> I'm sick of these people. Like, I want my privacy. I want to walk around my underwear. Brett quit his job to be home with the kids for a year. I mean, we did everything just so different. And it was like these dominoes falling. And as those dominoes started to fall, it liberated me. And, you know, the, that having that courage, it may sound silly, but it really was that word to then dismantle everything I had built to rebuild the new Allie Brown that I was becoming. Yeah. And I think that's a key word, right? Becoming. Because that's always happening. We never get there. And I think that's very difficult when you are a driven woman with a lot of expectations to always feel like you're driving towards this one thing and then you get there and then what? And and that's that's what I call divine discontent. When you're divinely discontent, it's not that you're not appreciative of all that you have and all that you've earned. It's just that you know there's something different out there and something more, maybe something better. Maybe it is just completely different and it could be less than what you had. But I, I just try to always encourage on my clients that if you start having that nagging like this is this isn't working for me anymore that's your inner self giving you all the roadmap that you need in that moment and i just mm. love and and i have to admit ali i'm not the greatest about following other people because i find it to be a distraction and and i get you know excited about everything but for some reason I was drawn to you during that transition time. And maybe that was a gift for me. I don't know. But watching you go through that, while it might have felt like a mess on the inside, <laughs> it, it was it was very inspiring and encouraging um, to watch you handle that. So it, thank that's, you. That's so good to hear. And I have to tell you, I still have people who question me on it. It just blows my mind. Mm. And these are women with kids too. And they're like, I can't believe you shut down that program. You know, I can't believe that you stopped working with those clients or that you cleaned up your list and told everyone to kind of, you know, you're going to go in a new direction. It's just so funny. And I think there's just different ways of doing this. And some people build a model and that's the model they'll have for the rest of their career. I've, my business growth has always followed my personal development. Mm. And it was hard for me once I got locked into 
a structure and a model to then realize that I could change it. It, it's an interesting time we're in. So if you're listening right now, you know, those formulas are great for building your business. Thank goodness there's all these formulas and out there you can model great stuff, you know, get the coaching and, and advice you need. Uh, but there's going to be a point that you want something different. And that's when you are going to create your own model. And that takes courage. Mm-hmm. So do you do that with your with your seven and eight figure clients? Are you helping them reshape what their expectations are for their business based on their own unique needs? It is the number one thing we work on when they come in the door and they don't realize it. Now they, I guess now they will. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, What's interesting is they've built very successful businesses when they come in, but I poke at it and I warn them. I said, I'm going to poke at everything. We're going to take a stick and turn it over and poke at you. I'm poking at you, how you feel about things. We're going to poke at the net of things. Are you actually making net? Ladies, there's a word called net. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Amber's a fan. Mm-hmm. I am. <laughs> okay. What are you banking and bringing that's, home for that's your That's the babies? part that pays the bills. <laughs> it pays the bills. That's what you're bringing home for your babies. So you need to put, you know, none of us are getting younger. We need to be banking more, putting more away. You need that net as high as you can get it. There's times when you don't want to focus on net as much if you're building something for acquisition or, you know, there may be a certain point you're trying to grow revenues to be recognized. I get that. But really, so many people take their eyes off the ball. But the fun part is when we start digging in and they realize that not only by changing some of this stuff, they'll feel more liberated, but their business actually works better. A quick example, I had a client come in and she had, of course, gotten coaching around exactly how to do webinars, right? It's very popular. Like you get the, here's the formula you need to do webinars that sell. And man, she had this thing down to the T. She had followed every step that this person had given in their course. And I said, how is this doing? It just feels very stiff for you because she's a very just free flowing, like high concept leader. She said, you know, it just feels like crap. I don't even like doing these things. And she just started going off. <laughs> and, and I said, you know, why don't we rework this to be more organic? So they're really feeling your energy in this because it's really her passion that needs to come through more. And so we worked out just a, a different, on the spot, we just worked it out into like more of a five-part simple method. I said, let's see how this goes. And it was her best performing webinar ever. And I can't tell you it was exactly the formula that did it, but I know it's also how she felt about it that shifted. And this is when you're moving into that place of genius where some of it can't even be explained, but it's like your power is then, the dial is turned up all the way. And, you know, of course, we're looking at numbers. We're looking at the structure of things, a lot of the practical things with the team and and growth and lead gen. But really, it's there's this like unlocking when you're kind of shedding some of those chains that t- to me, you could tell it's the most exciting part of the process for me. Yeah, absolutely. So you do tend to always be the opposite of most coaches and consultants out there. How, how do you approach? Because I've got a lot of listeners who are not at that level, but they aspire to be at that level. So what, what type of coaching, anti-coaching, maybe I should call it, would you give <laughs> our listeners today? Well, look, like I said, when you're starting out, you want to model some things. You know, I don't think I need to even say that the copying is so rampant right now. I think a lot of people don't even understand what they're doing sometimes when they do that. They just don't haven't seen this stuff before, so they start doing that. But really, look at where, instead of you blending in with everybody, where can you become a category of one? Where could you be untouchable in what you do? And it's not just niching. It's, it's really your 
positioning in being the best at something or how you speak about something or maybe opinions you have on something. It's People are scared of the word niching because it feels small. Great book, by the way, that just came out a few months ago. I don't know if you've you've read it yet. It's it's Seth Godin's This Is Marketing. Um, I have not. It's on my list. I have to say, okay, it, it's what the title was just kind of flat too. I'm like, what? Another Seth Godin book. Okay. Because he sells then, on his name. He doesn't have to come up with clever titles right, anymore. <laughs> right. I would like that. Like, oh, Allie Brown came out with a chicken cookbook. I'll buy it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, you know, just if, if Seth Godin came out with a chicken cookbook, you'd buy it. So- I picked one of the gals in Premiere, you know, we share a lot of resources. She said, you have to read this. It's so simple. It's high concept. And Allie, it's everything you've been talking about. So pick up that book because it resets your mind into what marketing really is. And he talks about everyone's going for mass market, right? Because this is how we've become so competitive on social media. We're all looking at the number of followers people have. It's all very visible. And like it or not, you start getting kind of competitive around that. You know, you're going now for likes and followers and, you know, to show that you have a bigger influence. And he talks about instead, smallest viable market, smallest viable market in that, you know, where can you jump in and just be absolutely juicy and and it would just work perfectly. Like you may even know right now, mm-hmm. but you feel like it's not enough. He explains it a lot better than I am, but but making a shift like that can do everything for someone's business, making it clear what you stand for and what you don't, who you work with, who you don't work with. I know the first few years, it's very hard and you probably have to try on a lot of things. I work with all kinds of clients for years. It's like and dating. Then, you have to yeah, date lots totally. of different guys <laughs> to see like what characteristics you want or you don't. And then you, you know, get married or don't, but you at least know what you're looking for. It's the same Absolutely. thing. You have to date your markets. <laughs> you're gonna, yep. 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 Gotta be a market hoe, I guess. <laughs> there's, a, there's a headline for you. Um, you all can use that. I'm not going to. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that trying on. And then maybe that's what scares people about niching at first. They think it's limiting. And, and and until you've kind of jumped around a bit, you'll you'll there's just be a moment you'll know like, wow, these are the people I want to work with. They have money. You know, I'm not chasing people down to yeah. get the bills paid. Um, it, it's it's going to be something that may not happen at first, but that's really where you're going to need to end up because everyone's thinking they need to be the the next big thing online. And I want you to stop thinking about that. Popularity can be a huge distraction yes. for you. When you want to be like successful and exceptional, it's a different mindset. I think I, I call it the Kardashian culture has really skewed our opinion. The whole Instagram famous thing has really skewed our opinion on what success is. And to your point, like net Net is a good word. What's in your bank? What's your net revenue? Who's actually doing that? Who's who is buying from you because they're buying what you're about and they're buying the results that you deliver differently yeah. than anyone else. But yet, and I can say this even as a speaker, um, trying to you know do public relations and get on shows to talk about my book or even to get booked for conferences, they go to my Twitter account and they, they take do. that into consideration. So on the one hand, it's like okay, in certain circumstances. Like, I get it. This is part of the game. But then in other circumstances, I mean, I can tell you I get speaking opportunities just simply because somebody said, hey, I heard somebody say how great you were at this conference. And so I want to talk to you about mine. And that's relational. And that's being super mm. niched and saying, you know, and, and it's the same thing for you, Allie. And 
kind of know some of the people that you're referencing when you're saying like this person learned from that person or this was the competition. If I go to your website, it is a definite, yes, this is for me or no, this is not for me. And it, mm-hmm. and and if I want to go find a sorority to be a part of, then I don't want to be on your page. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I so like I want to be told this isn't for you. Go find somebody who can make you happy and give them your, your money. Um, and I, and I love that philosophy. So now we're going to have to add, um, Seth Godin's, this is marketing to the yeah. show notes so that we can. And can I tag on that? What you sure. Just said? It's very insightful. Cause, cause here, look, let, let's be honest. You know, I'm, I'm ready to I have a book coming out probably late 2020. I'm awesome. going back and forth with the agent. We're changing, you know, we're I don't want to say fighting, but we're going back and forth. And, <laughs> and cause they tried to mold you into a mass market of course. author. I'm very conscious that probably when we start selling this to the publishers, I'm going to have to get my following up again. We're going to have to like spend some time doing that. Unfortunately, whenever I say something that I feel is true, people drop off. <laughs> I'm like, there they go. Those are people who came from like when I was doing TV and Secret Millionaire and stuff. And I'm like, yep, there they go. Okay, good. We dropped again, you know, because I'm telling them to pull their head out of their nose. You, you know, it's just a different thing, but, but it is something you need to look at. Look at the metrics that matter to you. And if you're getting advice that you feel like, gosh, I just don't even know if that's what I should be doing or where I should go, question it. You know, it's just amazing how many people follow along blindly. I've had people roped into it's like doing entire years training on speaking to sell when they hate speaking and they, they uh, it terrified them. They want to throw up. They'll spend 50 grand on this. They said, well, someone said I had to do it. Everyone, this is what everyone's doing. And I'm like, no one's using their brain. No one's using their brain. You need to find the marketing and the market that's right for you. Go try on stuff, go to seminars, learn from people, but always know that you are going to probably know in your heart yes. what's best. And then choose the metrics that matter to you. My metrics used to be filling huge rooms in Vegas and like how, you know, how big are the programs and how many followers I have. And then it, it shifted for me. I'm like, I'm a net the quality of women I'm working with now, the kinds of conversations I'm having versus the old beginner conversations, you know, really the percentage of my days that I'm spending in my genius versus doing all that other stuff that I never liked anyway. So, so create your own metrics, but it's hard, isn't it? Cause you see your competitor and she has a seminar with 300 people in there, but that's cause they all came free and could bring 10 friends and their right. dog. Cause you don't know what's really going you on behind don't. the curtain. You just no. don't. No, it's just, it's just mind boggling, but I know it trigger. I get triggered sometimes. I'd be like, wow, wow. That person has all these followers. Like, I don't know how that happened, but like, wow. And, and, but do they convert? This is just the do those followers exactly. convert? Exactly. This is just this weird state of the union right now in the, in the evolution of our industry. Yeah, it really is. And But I think you have to stay above the fray. You've just got to stay focused on what your goals are for your specific life, using your unique talents, looking for the people that you can uniquely help. And if you're doing all of that, and that means that you have to get your Twitter follower up, you know, that then, then do that on the side, but don't obsess over it. Make sure that you're staying in your lane. Yeah. Stop trying to be likable. Yes. It's, there's a, 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 I think there was a quote. I put it on my Instagram. You can find it somewhere. There's an image of Pink and a quote from her. And she said, it's something like, when I learned what it felt like to be respected, it felt much better than being just liked. Yes. And, and it was like, boom, boom. Yeah, I could also quote, um, let's see here. It's a rap song. She says, you don't have to like me, but you will respect me because I'm the 
I'm the bomb. <laughs> I'm bossy. That's it. This, the rap song bossy. And that is that stays in the back of my mind at all times. Mm. Shout out to my hip hop um, upbringing. So <laughs> so a lot of this, Allie, is is mindset. This is about your attitude, your beliefs, what you're buying into on a daily basis. I have a healthy business. I know that I'm I'm doing some things right, but I want to build wealth. I want to create a legacy for my children. I want to take care of other family members, whatever that drive is for that really wanting to like not arbitrarily saying like I want to be a six-figure business, but like mm-hmm. really having some kind of desire around what you could do if you had that type of of income. What is the mindset shift that somebody has to have to go from, I'm paying my bills, I'm getting by, I'm, I'm meeting payroll, or I'm at least I don't have to get a job. What do you have to do to go from that mm. mindset to seven, six, seven, eight figure? Yeah. I'm trying to think back to like, like from my perspective, I, I will be frank. I was about the money at first because living in New York, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you, just, you have to. This terrible apartment with roaches was a fifth floor. Well, I was like, I need money and I need a six figure income because that New York is like, you know, nothing. So I was very fun. And I think, I think more women, to be frank, need a money plan from the get go. You may have the vision. I didn't right away. You may have this vision and mission. And yes, you can get going on that, but it's heartbreaking to see so many of those become abandoned when the money doesn't happen. You need money is power and that's the fuel for what you want to do. So first, figure out the business model that's going to make you a solid income. So you're out of that survival mode. I know for me, that big game, that juicy place didn't even come for me until I got a bit bored with what I'd created. So I think you need to go out and reach some goals. You may be better at, I was at like working in a mission at the same time, but I remember always being just so engrossed in making things work and figuring things out. It, it, it didn't happen. The keys to the, the the seven, because your question also is the seven, eight figures, a few things. Number one is you've got to really drill down your numbers, especially if you can hit, let's say, low six figures. I, I see two places women get stuck a lot. One is I'd say around between two and 300,000, right? Because you could kind of get that with the clients and maybe a course or selling some core products to people. Like it's, it's, it's a place that people try to maybe, I don't know why they hover there, but they kind of do. And then- the next place is like the high six figures because typically by then they need to look at their model again. It's been a few years to get to that point. And that's when you need someone like me to roll up the sleeves, put on my glasses, you know, or and, and or like Amber. It sounds like what I loved about your site when I saw it, I'm like, this woman is no BS. <laughs> like I could tell, Thank like, you. you know, you just you you dig in there and really help people make these shifts in their company. And so you don't need another coach just giving you a formula. You need someone with real business experience to come in and say, okay, if if we shut this part down and tweak this and and change these numbers, and then, you know, first you kind of unlock that, then you align it with, okay, where do you want to really take this? Let's have fun now. Let's look at where you want to really make this into something extraordinary that becomes what I call your iconic work. A great exercise that you can do at any time is, you know, in in the life coaching world, in traditional life coaching, I don't mean a lot of what you see today. I first learned this from Thomas Leonard and, and he died in, I think, 2003, but he was really one of the first to talk about, I hate to even say law of attraction. It, they, they just kind of bastardized it. But what he talked about was so clear in aligning your work to your values. So look at, you know, what 
what are your values now? And, you know, you could probably Google values exercise and, and find lists of things, but your values can change. And I remember, you know, when I started my business, one of my top values was, you know, making that money. That was like one of my top three objectives for the year. That was very important to me. The money's still there, but you know what popped in? Family. Yeah. That changed. And, and I always loved my family, my mom, dad, sister, brother. But honestly, I, I would I would never think of like working my life around them or, you know, they, just, right. they, they weren't like, you know, like right in front of my face all the time. When I had these kids and then met Brett, I'm like, oh, this is this is now one of my top values. And I know if I'm starting to feel resentful about something, then I'm compromising a value. Yes. The reason I had such a, a freak out at that moment where I hit that wall with the business that it was doing amazing and I, I wasn't feeling good is because my top value though, and it's still funny to admit it, that is still higher than family is freedom. Mm-hmm. So I always <laughs> you and have so to, like. <laughs> yeah, I always have to balance that. And, and that comes with a feeling of guilt when I look at Brett and say, you know, I need to go away for two days by myself because I'm about to lose it or end up on the news. Like I, <laughs> I, I need to leave the building and get my head around these dreams and plans I've had. And he's like, go baby, go. Like he so gets me now and I'll come back happier. Yep. I've had a little of my freedom time. Listen, and I know that may be a far fetch for many of you right now, but even if it's an afternoon at Starbucks yeah. that is unplanned and you sit there and do some reading and dreaming, Anything like that. Lock the bathroom door and take a bubble bath and just pretend like you're all alone. I mean, pretend you have to. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So that values, linking it into the values is a big game changer once you've reached that stable stage. I love that. And, and that's actually talk about that in the bombshell businesswoman, my, my book. And there are, I believe there should be some links in that to different values assessments. So we'll put those in the, in the show notes, you know, same, same thing for me. I was having a really difficult time. Things just weren't clicking for me and it was fine externally, but internally I was a hot mess. And I actually had Paul Coliani on the show. So there's, there's actually an episode. We'll put that in the show notes too, where Paul walks through the values, I guess, trying to figure out like, okay, you know, what's your first, your second, your third and really putting a hierarchy to it. And he had done that with me just personally on the side. He's the, It's the Overwhelmed Brain is uh, his podcast. And what we realized was that family was at the very top and the things that I, the activities that I was doing in my business to create income constantly were competing with family. And then Mm. freedom was another one. And I had all of, like, I was doing a lot of one-on-one coaching and I was tied to, you know, and that's just not at all for my personality. I can do some of that, but that can't be my business model. That that just doesn't work. And so we had to shift a lot of things to get me out of the yuck and into a more open space where I could really, you know, you said a million times already, operate in my genius in a way that aligns with my values. And I thought I was very value driven before I went through that exercise. I was not. I, I It was something that I talked about that I didn't actually practice yeah. and walk in. So it's I, a good check-in for everybody. I'd say every two to three years, you know, sure. minimum. Yeah. Things, things change. And, you know, I, I don't talk about this a lot on the show, but in 2008, we lost my husband's youngest daughter. She was 11 years old. And that changes everything when you look at your family, you look at your children and and the time that you have. And I say this all the time. I have three summers left with my youngest child. He's 16 years old, three summers. Mm. And so how I'm operating in my business now is definitely going to look very different than me at 42 years old when my son's off at college. And I 
don't have any obligations day to day, that's going to look very, very different. I'm okay with that. So maybe, maybe a little bit of values mixed with season of life, right? That's a, that's a great point. And my season's a little later. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I had these kids a little later. They were a beautiful blessing. I didn't, I didn't think I, I could have children. And so it just, it was just very all lined up and, and I think just, I, I honestly think it was just God's plan. I sure. mean, it just happened too miraculously. It was just, it was just kind of wild. And um, yeah, so when, when these things happen, when life events are, God forbid, a loss, I can't imagine. I'm, I just, I'm still taking on what you shared. Yeah, it's, 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 this is, this is why we have these lives. We can design, you know, our, our businesses around our lives. And I think when we get on a track, sometimes we just forget we have that ability. Choice. You have that privilege. And in this country and all the privileges we have, you know, you have the right to do that. And, and I think it's it's an absolute must when these life things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Allie, we are coming to the end of the episode and, and I just, I don't even know where to begin to pull out some of the things that were just the the big ahas because you gave so much value. And I, I thank you for that. Is there anything that you just want to make sure that these women that are mothers and wives and maybe they're entrepreneurs, maybe they're entrepreneurs in business for some amount of years, but they have a lot of responsibility on them just in so many aspects. That's That's the typical bombshell. What sage advice from your vast experience would you leave with them today? Do you know you know actually what it is? It, it's something that is my my saying for this year. You you need more support than you think. <laughs> yes, and I mean in the business, but also personally. Yes. So a, a very quick story to wrap up because I think it's appropriate if that's all right. Absolutely. I had a client come in. She very quickly grew. She came in half a million, and I'll I'll work with people under that if I see there's like a tweak or two, and we can really kick it up. You know, it's a strong platform. She came in, pedal to the metal. We got this thing up to probably like 1.5 within eight months because she had, she had a solid, again, she had a solid platform going on, was just making some changes. She was just sounding a little funny on a few of the calls. And, you know, sometimes I'll pry and, and then sometimes I won't. And then finally by the third call, I'll just call her Mary. I say, Mary, you know, uh, is something going on at home or something you want to share me with me? Because I just get this feeling like, no, I'm fine. It's all fine. And then finally one more call. And it was this breakdown and a flood of tears. And she just, it was all the home stuff mm. and family stuff. She had up-leveled her business. She had up-leveled her income. She had not up-leveled an ounce of support mm. that she was getting at home. So literally she went on this profanity and this gal never swore. And I just kind of was holding the phone away from my ear because she just was letting it all loose. She's just, you know, <laughs> she's like, an, I don't know what for dinner. And like, no, I'm still, I'm, I'm leaving important phone calls to go pick up the kids. And you could tell like, she just had never had that conversation with the partner on, you know, Hey hubby, here's all the things I'm doing. You know, I'm taking my business to the next level. What are some things that you can take on or where can we get help with these? Because this is what I need. Men don't know what we need. That's right. And 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 I think this will be good advice, even if you're not there yet. But really, this has been the best thing I really revisited in my marriage was getting clear on, on asking for what I needed. Because it's been a few years of getting to know each other too and all this. Babies came a little quick. Well, <laughs> 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 cart, cart before the horse, but was right, man. So take a deep breath and and just my theme is more than enough because what you think is enough is not enough. 
We're always like, I can make that phone call or I'm going to be down that way anyway. I'll stop at the grocery store, right? These things we do, the world desperately needs our voices right now. And it drives me crazy in our industries to see still this huge bro down. There's a lot of confidence Mm -hmm. out there with people who are not competent. Mm, Yes. If If you're competent, you have a duty right now to raise your voice, to talk about what you stand for, to build a business that brings you money and you can invest where you think that should go and take good care of your family. We're only going to need more money as we get older here. So it's just, you know, you, you have that right in front of you. And you may need occasionally to just send your husband to get the rotisserie chicken. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's at the, like, the hurdle hizzle. That's how we do. We're, it's it, always yeah, a balance. It, and this may sound like such a funny thing for me to end with, but it's really, if I could give one piece of advice to women of all levels of business, that would be it. More than enough support. More than enough support. I love it. I think that's a great way to end. Allie, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your wisdom with us today. Oh, this has been great, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. All right, bombshells. Well, as always, go to amberhurdle.com forward slash podcast with an S and you'll find Allie's show notes there with all the good juicy nuggets that she shared. Or you can, of course, go to the Bombshell Business app available on iTunes or Google Play and catch the show notes and the episode all there in one convenient place. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Bombshell Business Podcast. Visit AmberHurdle.com for more resources like show notes and check out the BombshellBusinessWoman.com to grab my book and download the free bonuses.